Hi, welcome to Court Life Crisis, the podcast where I talk all things good to try and dig myself out of a personal crisis, sometimes alone, sometimes with friends. This week we're talking video calling and Paddington Bear, two things that have really impacted me over the last two weeks. But first, let me introduce myself. I'm Dan, I'm a film student and freelance producer in England where I live. Like everyone in the UK, current events have really thrown me off my groove. We're not going to talk about it, but wash your hands and stay inside. I'm 20, and I still don't really have a plan for the future. Sometimes the world seems really trashy and scary, and it is, but not all the time. This podcast is a reminder of good things to keep me sane. Right now, I'm particularly grateful for the internet, more specifically, video calls. Video chats aren't just a way to work from home, although that is very important too. They are, to me at least, a way of shrinking space, making distance feel close. You can cross oceans and time zones at the push of a button, and that is important in times when social distancing is required to save lives. Alfonso Marone, head of Media Strategic Advisory at KPMG, has said, Where self-isolation policies are at their peak in Europe, the spike in internet traffic has reached its peak of 70%. People are turning to the internet, but they aren't becoming less social. They're socialising in different ways. Zuckerberg, while more machine than man, seems to support that idea. On a video conference on March 18th, he was quoted as saying, In a time of disaster, people rely more on social services. We're seeing surges in traffic, especially in areas more affected. People want to stay connected while being asked to maintain social distancing. People want to eliminate loneliness. Despite my distrust for the lizard man known as Mark Zuckerberg, the past month has seen me use Facebook much more than usual. Usually it's reserved to mums, 14-year-olds, and people who like minion memes, but in times when you can't simply visit a friend for a few drinks, compromises have to be made. A solid 90% of uni students I know have left campus, some even leaving the country to go home. And I do miss them a lot, but social media allows us to be in contact, to share dumb memes, and to video call at night, something that's definitely keeping me more sane. Don't get me wrong, I'm still talking to myself and I'm still enjoying EastEnders. This is a new normal and I'm not sure I'm okay with it. This is the first time that I'm not spending Easter with my family. But I'm not alone, I can see their faces and hear their voices whenever I choose. Something that simply wasn't possible a few years back. But looking back historically, video calling is an idea that's existed almost as long as the concept of audio calling. Video calling was first popularised in 1870, with an early concept being popular in periodicals of the time. The idea was present in an 1890 French novel that I won't even try and pronounce, written by Alberto Rabida. Over the next 20 years, fraudulent claims of the developments needed to make that technology possible would rise and fall, all fake with little or no evidence, but Alexander Graham Bell strongly supported the idea, and in April 1891 recorded conceptual notes on what he called an electrical radiophone, which would allow the user to see through electricity. Later in his life, Bell stated that the day would come when the man on a telephone would be able to see the distant person to whom he was speaking. A prediction that was way before its time. By the 1930s, AT&T, which today is one of the only things stopping Disney from owning the world, had developed a two-way television telephone. Led by Dr. Herbert Ives, a team of more than 200 people spent years developing the technology needed for broadcast and telecommunication. Over the next decades, technology developed from closed-circuit video feeds in the 60s to bulkier conference call machines in the 70s, developing further and further until in 1991 the first ever webcam was created and used at Cambridge University. Its use? To watch and monitor a coffee pot. 
Humanity are a weird bunch, but the idea that the second we mastered audio communication, we moved to video, is a clear indication of the testament to human determination. The idea survived two world wars, and led to generations of scientific advancements, including but not limited to webcams that let you monitor coffee, Xbox Connect, dozens of Just Dance games, Skype, FaceTime, and who knows what's next. I'm reminded of the words of Elmo on his official Twitter, which you should definitely follow. Elmo really misses his friends sometimes, but then Elmo remembers Elmo can still talk to Elmo's friends on the phone, and have virtual hangouts. Elmo just learned the word virtual. Technology is amazing, and humanity uses it for art, communication, science, and much more. Without it, the togetherness we feel facing the virus might not feel real. I give video calling 8 stars out of 10. We'll be back to talk about Paddington Bear after the break, but first, if you've enjoyed this so far, please consider leaving a review. You can do it in-app, and it really does help. Hi, Future Dan jumping in while editing to say, uh, this episode is very short, deliberately. I'm still working out how to make the show, so it's more a proof of concept than anything. It's also not my job, it's something I like doing, so I don't necessarily have hours and hours and hours of my life to do this. This does take a lot of research and a lot of time to record, edit, and put out there. So it might not always be an overly long show. Uh, it is something I like doing. If it ever makes any money, that would be cool, but no amount of money is really worth making something I don't want to make, something that isn't fun to make or something I'm not passionate about. That said, if you do want to help me make my hobby more consistent and add a better quality, there are two main ways. Reviewing and sharing, which I said earlier, or chipping in a little bit on my Patreon, which you totally don't have to do. Everyone has their own needs and lives. I completely understand. I'm not expecting any money at all. Anything I do get would be a nice little bonus, but Patreon to me is just whatever. It's not the main thing. But if that money fell out of your pocket and you wouldn't miss it, that seems like a decent amount if you want to be generous, which again, you totally don't have to be, but that would be cool. I won't die a horrible death if I don't get anything from it, though. Don't worry. That's pretty much everything. I will see you soon. Paddington Bear is a spectacled bear from Darkest Peru, subject of two brilliant films, some animations, and over 20 books. He's also cute as heck. Paddington is named for the three-star train station where he was found, sitting on his suitcase with a note. Please look after this bear. Thank you. An origin according to late creator Michael Bond, prompted by memories of seeing footage of train loads of evacuees leaving London during World War II on television. Paddington himself was based on a lone teddy bear sitting on the stool shelf near Paddington Station on Christmas Eve back in 1956, a bear he later gave to his wife. This begs the question, if Michael Bond wasn't panicked buying a gift for his wife, would we have ever had Paddington Bear? It's interesting to note that one of Britain's most iconic characters is in fact an immigrant, with Paddington himself claiming that he came in a lifeboat and ate marmalade. Bears like marmalade. Paddington worried his original name would be hard to understand, and the Browns, being a good family, welcomed him with open arms, naming him after the station he was found at. Immigration is a key theme throughout Paddington's adventures. In a 50th anniversary book, his right to live in England was questioned. Mr. Gruber, Paddington's best friend, is a Hungarian immigrant, and many of Paddington's adventures see him adjusting to life in England, with his confusion and excitement often leading to wacky shenanigans. In today's society, over 50 years from the creation of Paddington, immigration is still an issue. It's still something that people are not very tolerant of. It leads to a lot of hate and discrimination. While Paddington is very wholesome, the meaning behind it, opening your heart to strangers and people from distant lands, is very important and something that still matters today. And in a sense, I think that's what makes Paddington so iconic, even now, over 50 years from its creation. 
the message still stands. It's still something that people need to be aware of, and it's still something that people need to learn. Paddington isn't just for kids. There is always a lesson to be learned. There is always someone to be more open with and someone to be more accepting of. Paddington, to me at least, is a testament to all things wholesome, the best of British culture. Paddington is always polite, finds joy in the simple things, and in its heart is about community. While his iconic coat and love for marmalade sandwiches instantly brings nostalgia, it's the openness, the kindness, and above all, the togetherness that makes Paddington special. Michael Bond says that Baston Paddington goes to town. Young Paddington Brown as a way of bringing people closer together in the end. I give Paddington Bear 10 stars. And that's the end of the show. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed it, please consider reviewing. You can do it in-app, and it does help a lot. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter at It's Mr. Dan J. You can email me at quarterlifecrisis at gmail.com. And for the show notes containing sources, information, etc., you can visit us on Patreon. Show notes are free, but if you can chuck in a buck, that would be amazing. There are a few perks for you, too. Thank you. I'll see you in two weeks. How do I turn the microphone off? If I unplug it, is that going to delete everything? Is that how microphones work?